The objective, to deliver the NBA to you like no other. News, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Objective Basketball Podcast. It is free agency time. It is NBA draft time. It's over, but still it was. <laughs> Get in the game. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Bet before the game or live in play on all your favorite teams' matchups. Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN or download the app to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Lauren, my friend, <laughs> it has been a while. How are you doing? I am happy to be back. And what perfect timing to be back yeah, yeah. right after the draft. Um, no, I'm good. Rested after the vacation, ready to uh, dive into the draft free agency because even though it was teeing up like there might be a lot of trades leading yeah. into the draft and there were not on draft night but there were a lot of trades uh i still feel like it's just not even close to done i just think there's more there's just more coming that's yeah. what i think but uh i'm excited to talk about it all i'm excited to be back because the off season is going to be fun how are you doing I, i'm good I'm good. As good as I can potentially be with how crazy <laughs> life is right now mm -hmm. on the basketball front of things, mm -hmm. but I'm good. I'm good. great. Uh, obviously, since you have left, I am covering the CEBL, Canadian Elite yes. Basketball League. Very, yes. very fun doing some sideline reporting for them. But uh, overall, uh, the NBA draft, the bonanza, the craziness, the transactions, Bradley Beal is a Phoenix Sun <sighs> since you have last, we have last spoken. Chris Paul is a Golden State Warrior since we've last spoken. So there are Crazy. some trade stuff that we can talk about. And Chris Paul yeah. ended up becoming a Warrior yesterday. So I guess we can maybe talk about that before we get into yeah, the trade. Let's. How, how do you feel? How do you feel about Chris Paul being a Golden State Warrior? Because, you know, it, it seems weird to me. It feels yeah. weird to me. Yeah, I didn't love it. Um, I didn't love the trade. I know the pick is the first round pick that they sent is top 20 protected, but yeah. in my mind, I really didn't think that given like it was going to be sort of like a redirection move from Washington, I didn't really expect there to be significant draft compensation involved. Um, and even though Jordan Poole's contract is what it is, I'm very high on him. And so I didn't think that he was necessarily a negative value asset, especially if you put him on a young team where he's going to get a lot of time. Yeah. So I was scratching my head a little bit on that one. Um, I will say that I do think that it's interesting looking at Golden State, a team that has maybe some age concerns. Uh, but as far as the fit between CP3 and Steph and what the lineup looks like, I'm not sure I'm still interested to see what we hear more on that. But I'm interested to see if they go a route where, say, Chris Paul doesn't start. Say they do intend to, to keep it Steph, Clay, you know, they go Wiggins, um, Draymond, and then Looney or fill in the gaps however they might want to, and then bring Chris right. Paul off the bench. I think this move does give them options, and it does put them in a position to be more ready to compete now if they get the, in, the version of Chris Paul that they – believe that they got. And I, I do think that he's going to be helpful for them. And I think that, you know, that's great, whatever. 
but it's a very expensive move in my opinion. And uh, I, I just, I didn't love it for them, but the idea of having Steph and, and, and bringing Chris Paul potentially off the bench, I personally, I would be kind of surprised if that happened, but if they get to a point where they do bring Chris Paul off the bench, um, I think it would be interesting to have Steph off ball, Clay off ball, uh, having a second unit run by Chris Paul and, and being able to run the offense through Draymond and just being able to, to mix and match these lineups. I think it could yeah. work, but I just thought the timing of it was a little off. And I think that there could have been better moves for them to make, especially with having Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga to deal. I think there could have been better moves later on. What are your, what were your thoughts on it? So th- there's, there's a couple ways to tackle this. I'll start with the Warriors side of things. Yeah. Um, I, I think Jordan Poole, for as poor of a season he had last year, especially inking that massive contract, uh, pretty much identical to Tyler Hero's contract, mm-hmm. I think given the fact that he showed so much potential in their championship run, I am genuinely baffled that his trade value has significantly dropped that much mm-hmm. to the point where he Me was too. a salary dump. He was essentially a salary dump. They actually had to use, like you mentioned, a 2030 first round pick, top 20 protected, and a second round pick, and Ryan Rollins, and Patrick Baldwin (laughs) Jr. in order to just get off of Jordan Poole's contract. I think that is insane. I do too. I think that is genuinely insane. Given the type of player Jordan Poole is, the type of ceiling he has, I think Jordan Poole, despite the poor season he had, could be an all-star player. Uh, maybe not a perennial all-star, maybe not a, you know, a consistent all-star by any means, but can Jordan Poole throughout the rest of his career make a couple of all-star teams? Yes, I really do think he can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, from the Warriors' side also, there is the money side of things, the financial mm-hmm. constraints, the second apron, which is like, <laughs> I am so tired of us bringing up the second <laughs> apron every single time. I know, it's, it's, it's exhausting. It's, I heard Zach Lowe the other day be like, you need to have like a second apron shirt, you know, let's do it. Let's talk let's about it. Let's do it. it. Um, but no, I, I think, look, from a financial flexibility standpoint, I understand it from the Warriors side. Now they can offer Draymond Green his money. Now they can offer Clay Thompson his money. They do feel and are older. Yeah. You know, they just are. They're, they're a lot older than what you would think. Chris Paul is 38. <laughs> you know, he's he's going he's gonna to be 38 when this season starts. and. What Chris Paul is currently in his career is what you described he probably should be for this Warriors team. A guy who can come off of this bench, a guy who can run bench units, a guy who can keep the Warriors afloat when Steph is off the floor, a guy who can make sure that, you know, guys are getting involved, that, you know, guys are getting touches. I think he works really, really well for a guy like Jonathan Kaminga. He can mm-hmm. help develop yeah. him. That's that part is huge. To their to their to the guy that they drafted, Brandon Pod Podzimski, I think it is, with the mm-hmm. 19th pick. He's a guy, a point guard that can be, you know, ushered in, if you will, alongside Chris Paul. I think that's a great, great pickup the for shooting. them. Yeah. Yeah. Shooting. Yeah. I'm with you there. All there. I just don't think that's what the Warriors needed. Um, I agree. That's why I yeah, I'm yeah, right we, there with you. We kind of talked about it when they got eliminated, but like they desperately need some size. They need some big dudes. They need like a a Jakob Pertl, a Miles Turner, some kind of a big man that Clint could be Capella. this. Yeah, Clint Capella, something. Like really, something. any anything along the lines of that, that would have made so much more sense to me mm-hmm. than going ahead and getting Chris Paul. Right. Uh, but I understand it from a financial flexibility standpoint because now you're able to extend your guys. 
you know, hey, we'll see what happens. The Warriors are getting older. They like, yeah. I, 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 it's weird to say this because you know Mike Dunleavy Jr. Uh, he was just saying it in the press conference, but like, their goal is to just sign a bunch of vet Ming guys and see if they can run this back. And yeah, you still have Looney, you still have Wiggins, you still have Draymond, you still have Clay, you you still have Curry. Obviously, you now have Chris Paul. Um, how you are going to fine tune this roster? By just signing vet Ming guys, I am not sure it's as attractive as it was when they were racking up championships. You know, mm-hmm. because be, be, I mean, maybe Moses Moody turns into something. Kaminga, like we said, yeah, maybe third true. year, maybe that looks better. But in terms of like, hey, we're gonna sign this guy who shouldn't be a vet Ming guy, but we're gonna sign him for a vet Ming because we're the Warriors. I don't think that will apply anymore. Um, mm-hmm just because they're not the surefire championship contender. Uh, I, I don't know, but, but that's my read on the, on the Chris Paul front. Yeah. I'm going to golden state. feel like they have a lot of work to do in the off season to see how that shakes up. Uh, wanted to ask you in general mm-hmm. about the NBA draft, the pageantry, yes. you know, Victor Wembanyama is now officially after, you know, we knew in may that he was going to be, uh, he's officially a San Antonio spur. Life changing stuff for Wemby and also honestly franchise altering stuff for San Antonio if he is who they think he is supposed to be mm-hmm. um from the interviews I mean man he was everywhere Lauren he was everywhere he was on Good Morning America <laughs> he was on ESPN he mm-hmm. was on every single TV st- he it was like ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I have arrived that's yeah, what Wemby pretty unbelievable it Wemby mania felt like it was incredible yeah. um and if he were to live up to this hype, you know, who if he ends up because like we, we've talked about it, we've we've mentioned it, we've had draft people on here. This guy is the best prospect since LeBron James, and LeBron is soon to be retiring. He hinted at it, you know, in his in his end of year presser that like, hey, I'm starting to think about that. I'm starting yeah. to think about retiring. Maybe yeah. maybe the time is is now. I don't think he will next season, but yeah. There opens a door for a new face of the league. And yes, there are the Giannis's, there are the Lucas, there are the Jokic's, there are the Curry's, there's the Booker's. All those guys are still there, the Embiid's. But man, if Wemby becomes who we think he is, it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. What was your what was your reaction? Because like San Antonio, obviously you're you're. I don't want to say you're close to San Antonio, but you're in yeah, Texas I'm, technically. I, so I'm, te- I'm in Texas. I'm right up the road in Austin. Uh, it's funny because like, on a quick in 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 this part of Texas, Central Texas, H E B is like this big thing. The grocery store. It's a grocery oh, store. Oh, it, I love it. I, you love I, H. Okay, well in I've Dallas, I've never we, been. I've never we, been. But okay, I just but know, you know the commercials. You know because of yes. Kawhi and Tim Duncan and them. Exactly. Incredible. Yeah. So they're bringing back the H E B commercials, and it's just he's everywhere, like you said. And so yeah. it's really there's just a, a level of buzz and excitement that it's fun, kind of being a little close to the to the scene because you've got a lot of people here in Austin that are from San Antonio, and yeah. the Spurs fan base is so like loyal and and strong, no matter how long it's been or, or whatever the case may be. And so it's been really cool to just see the buzz. Um, And it was, it was awesome. I loved watching him get drafted and having his family there and being emotional. Like I just, I loved every part of it. I thought it was really special and really amazing. And I, and I think that what you talked about 
in terms of looking for a new face of the league, I think having someone that is international and, and kind of embodies a lot of the things that the NBA wants to showcase in terms of the international players and just this global game. I think it's really amazing. And I think, you know, it's prepped and primed for him if he wants it. And so I'm excited for San Antonio. I'm, I'm enjoying all these, all these, everything going on with San Antonio, actually finally getting the media attention. I liked seeing Jeremy Sohan go in and hug him and say, welcome home. I thought that was amazing. So I'm excited for the Spurs. I'm excited for their young group. uh, And I'm glad he's there, even though it's going to suck for the Mavs. I'm really excited uh, to see him next year in in the league. I love that you mentioned Jeremy Sohan because Mm -hmm. I looked at the Spurs roster afterwards and I thought, man, like, do they have a shot at a playoff spot next year? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, is that, they do. Is that crazy to suggest that maybe, mm-hmm. maybe? Look, this is, by the way, I'm, I'm not saying the NBA and the second league in French is different, <laughs> is any different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, it is very different, actually, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. Uh, I, but, but I, I know, I think I know what you're saying. But, but my point is, Wemby went to one of the worst teams Mm-hmm. in France went there and then led them to the <laughs> the <laughs> the final in France mm-hmm. against he beat his former club all that all that crazy stuff that's how transformative of a player he is i'm not saying he's going to do the same mm-hmm. thing in the nba and lead the spurs to a title in year 1 yes. i'm not saying that but in terms of transforming a team the morale making guys look and play better. You think of guys like Keldon mm-hmm. Johnson, who's a shooter, a guy who can be a big kind of wing for them. You look at guys like Devin Vassell, who is a nice dribble handoff hub. He's a good shooter. He's a good creator. Trey Jones, who is a good point guard that they have yeah. that works well with Wemby, can get the ball to him in the post. You know, there's other options that they have. Jeremy Sohan, like I mentioned, maybe they go out in free agency. They have a lot of money in free agency that they could go out and, and make some splashes with. I really, really love what the Spurs are building. And yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with the fact that they have freaking Wemby. They do. <laughs> but it it looks and it makes sense now. You know, yeah. logistically, basketball, structure-wise, I think we are going to see an accelerated timeline here for San Antonio, whether they like it or not. You talk right. to a Spurs fan right now and they say, hey, we're going to be patient. We're going to see what it looks like. We're going to be mm-hmm. fine. We're just going to see how this thing looks in year one. And Mm -hmm. I think that is a perfectly fine viewpoint to take. But I imagine that changes once you see Wemby play basketball. (laughs) I really do think so. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that is that is my spiel on the San Antonio Spurs. Very, very happy for the city of San Antonio, for Austin. You know, every every Spurs fan out there seems like um, it is just a lot of excitement. You see the guy in the did you see the guy in the jorts? Oh you- my God! How I could love I not it. see him with the jorts? I'm buying jorts today. Yeah. <laughs> did you see his hair? Yes, I you did. You saw it all, huh? Yeah. Well, listen. I've I've been watching. I've been watching Yellowstone, so I really want to get a cowboy hat now. You're like, all in on the jorts look. Yeah. Well, I like no, it. Yeah. You know, just cap. Yeah. How you doing? My name's Rip. <laughs> you know, I just need to. I you need, need it. to. It's amazing. I like amazing. it. Full send. I I I I'm with it. I'm with, with it. it? Okay, maybe I'll pull up to the podcast one time and do there it. We'll go. see. <laughs> um, okay, outside of San Antonio, the other prevailing storyline was what the hell was going to happen between two and three. Oh uh, my God. And I was at a bar. I was watching it at a, at a Raptors 
Republic event. We were doing, you know, just doing a, a little draft party for the Raptors folks. And <laughs> when Brandon Miller got selected by the Hornets, it was as if they had won the NBA title. It was all the Raptors fans. Yeah! <laughs> War! Scoop, 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 scoop. Like the chance. I love it. I love it. It was incredible. But Ugh. obviously that didn't happen. Brandon Miller is going to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Portland ended up deciding they are not going to trade the pick. At least for now, they are not going to trade the pick. And Scoot Henderson is going to be playing for the Portland Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. I did not see that happening. I did not mm -hmm. see it going down that way. I really thought that when it came down to it, Charlotte would take Scoot. Me but too. clearly, it didn't go down that way. Do you agree with that? Because we saw the... Did you see the Mitch Cup? Cupcheck answer afterwards uh, where it's like, Hey, I why'd did. you, why'd you pick Mitch? Uh, which, why'd, why'd you pick uh, Brandon Miller? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, have you seen the, the, the video <laughs> of the baby, the, the kid? He's like, ah, but, uh, da, but da, 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 da. <laughs> he had no answer. He I had know. no answer. So, I mean, do you have an answer as to why they maybe took Brandon Miller? Oh God. As to why they, I really don't. I have no idea why I'm not. And it's, that's going to sound incredibly ignorant because obviously he's a very good player and he's very talented, but for so long, I have just, I'm so high on scoot and he seems so not only does he have the physical tools and skill set, uh, but even just the way he carries himself, like he just looks ready. He looks so ready. Um, and I just have so many questions about Brandon Miller. And I, it's not that I don't think he's going to be a good player. I do, but I think yeah. scoot Henderson there's enough there to reasonably believe that he's going to be a franchise altering player. And I don't, it's not that I don't feel like Brandon Miller could, could do that, but I just feel a lot less sure about it. And so I always felt like no matter what was being put out there, no matter where the odds went, that it was going to ultimately be scoot kind of, like you said, I don't know if you felt as strongly, um, but that's where I felt like it was headed. And I felt like that was the right move for Charlotte. And so for them to go with Brandon Miller, something that people seem to be kind of, I don't want to say on the fence about, but you have some people saying home run, and then you've got others saying should have went with Scoot. And yeah. I don't think, and I think in a draft like this, you should never find yourself in a position where it's like, oh, you should have done something else. I don't yeah. think you, sh I don't think there's that, especially, I mean, not a knock on Charlotte, but I, I do think that given the position that you're in, uh, you can, you just, you don't have the luxury of finding yourself in that position. So I, I do hope for their sake, it works out for them. I'm excited to see what he looks like in a Charlotte uniform. But if I had had that number two pick, I would have gone with Scoot and wouldn't have looked back. I, I wonder how much fit came into consideration here. And I say that because I hate when fit comes into consideration, um, that high in the draft, it's like, uh, yeah, you were that high in the draft for a reason. There's there is it's just truthful. It's true. There is a reason you were the second overall pick. I mean, yes, the the lottery odds kind of you know blessed them in the sense that Detroit and Houston fell, but you were one of the worst teams in the NBA. You were not in a position to consider fit. Yes, you have Lamelo Ball. Mark Jones is an interesting center. Who knows what they'll do with the rest of the roster? They have some decisions they have to make on that front, but. Mm -hmm. In terms of being like, oh, we have this wing in Brandon Miller who fits well and he is the position of need that we have. I don't think that is the thought process to have in this point mm -hmm. of where the Hornets are. Um, Brandon Miller could very well prove all of us wrong and, and become the all-star, all-NBA type of player that he has the potential of being. Yes. Uh, I don't think that is anything 
crazy to say. I think he has the potential to do something like that, to have a phenomenal career. There's a reason he was so successful in college and why he obviously got drafted second overall. But I think when you're talent evaluating, you just don't have to look at fit in that perspective. Yeah. Scoot. And by the way, like, even if you're looking at fit, Scoot and LaMelo do work together. I know. I don't get that. I don't get the people that are like, that's not going to work. That's just not going to work. I don't see that. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Scoot has all the explosive get to the basket scoring ability type of things that LaMelo doesn't. And he also has some of the, you know, craft and playmaking stuff that LaMelo does. And LaMelo is an incredible playmaker. He's a guy who can find Scoot off ball as a shooter, as a cutter, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. It is a match made in heaven. It's not even just like that it won't, it, it would work. It would be a great fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't understand. Unless, unless folks like, so, so the, the thing that reminds me of this, mm-hmm. Very, very much so reminds me after we saw the reactions from Charlotte Hornets fans. I don't know if you saw the videos of people being like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I saw the mascot too. I saw yeah, the mascot. Yeah, that, that was hilarious. That, yeah, was- <laughs> that, that was funny. That was very funny. But it kind of reminds me of um, the Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs draft. I was at a draft oh, party yeah. for that too. And a lot of people said it has to be Suggs. It has to be Suggs. You have to draft Suggs. You have to draft Jalen Suggs. And the Raptors didn't. They drafted Scotty Barnes. And I was at that draft party, and you see people booing, yelling, screaming, angry. I mean, on Raptors Twitter, at least, it's a common video to bring up to be like, look how dumb you guys were. Um, And maybe in a couple of years, we look back on this the same way. Maybe Brandon Miller makes us all look stupid. Uh, But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. the, the, The trickle effect of this is what will happen with Damian Lillard. Uh, and and how that looks moving forward. I mean, there's been so many rumors. There's Chris Haynes feels like every other week is saying that Damian Lillard, you know, there's pressure <laughs> on the clock type of thing. Um, right. And I, I'm just, I wonder how real that is. I wonder if it's more just like a nudge to be like, hey, I would like to create a competitive roster. Why aren't we doing those things? Or it's an ultimatum. Um, do you... I mean, we we just talked about this off air, but do you think that Dame gets traded this summer? Do you think this year is the year? I do think that this year is the year. It's it's really hard to be like, oh, well, maybe they should just give it a, a year with Scoot, see what they look like. Um, but it's just at this point in Dame's career and, and what we just saw him do last year, he's yeah. ready to go. And he has made it as clear as he possibly can that he, he wants to go now. And so um, I don't, I mean, I Charlotte, or excuse me, Portland keeping the pick and selecting Scoot. I also do think that that was the right move for them. I think that the, I, I, that's where I stand on it. I don't need to get into that too, too much right now. But as far as Dame goes, I mean, for him individually and for the team, even though it's a tough decision, it's a hard decision. I think it's the right for both parties to move yeah. on. Um, and so I think that that will be what ultimately happens. Um, we'll just have to see how things go. I do wonder if um, it had been Brandon Miller that they ended up with, if they might feel like, well, we don't know that we necessarily have the foundation to go full rebuild, but maybe with Scoot, does that help or hurt that? I mean, I think there's an Mm -hmm. argument that it helps it. So I just feel like 
everything is lining up, even the narratives and the stories and the things that are going out, whether it be Chris Haynes or, or Shams tweeting that Dame is going to take time to think this decision. It all just feels like it's teeing up for Dame to say, you know what? It's time it's to time. move on. Thank you. Everything Portland, blah, blah, blah. We'll see it all. But I feel like it's just inevitable. I hate to use that word. You and I have been, we've talked about this word and how, how many times in the past it's been used and it doesn't end up happening. Yeah. But in this situation right here, it just feels like it has been such a long time coming. I agree. Um, I, I think this year, I mean, I feel like I say this every year, but <laughs> this year feels more likely than any other year that he yep. does, in fact, finally ask out uh, and want to leave. But I don't think it's a problem if he doesn't. Uh, I think yeah. I think Scoot, I think Scoot makes it so that they can decide which way they want to go a little bit later. If you look at the, you, you've mentioned this before, but the log jam that they have at the guard spot already, you have Scoot, you have Dame, you have Sharp, you have Simons, right? That's mm -hmm. four guards, four guards who need the ball in their hands. They need touches, maybe not Sharp, but most of those guys need touches. They need to get reps. They need to get opportunity. And it becomes tricky when you have an all NBA player in Dame. Um, I think if they were to decide to move Dame, it obviously opens things up and makes it easier to start a rebuild. So now that you have, you know, you have Scoop, you have Sharp, you have Simons maybe, you have, you know, anything that you get from Dame, whether it be in Brooklyn and Nick Claxton and all those guys, maybe something like that happens. Mm -hmm. And then if you decide not to, because of that logjam at the guard spot, you might be more susceptible to say like, hey, maybe we can trade two of these guards or yeah. one of these guards. Um, so now I think Simon seems like the odd man out because, okay, second year sharp, first year scoot, maybe scoot comes off the bench or maybe scoot starts, who knows? Yeah. But like, even if Dame is around, I could see it being easier to trade one of those guards now, knowing that you can, you know, sort of work around and, and make it so that it still is okay. If Dame requests a trade two years from now. Because you still have Scoot and Sharp or, or Simons and Sharp or Simons and Scoot, whatever. Yeah. I think there's there's a way they can finagle this. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I think this is probably the year where where Dame says, Yeah, you know what? I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna rethink things and yeah. he probably ends up a Miami Heat or a Brooklyn Net. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we will have to see on on kind of what the list looks like if there even is a list that goes out, I feel like yeah. recently, not just with Bradley Beal, but we're starting to see less and less lists made public than we used to. You know what I mean? It felt like there was always a list and now yeah. it seems like there are these internal meetings and then a player just gets dealt. And I think that this situation with Dame could be exactly how that goes. And while there are many teams out there that could offer a better package than Miami could, mm -hmm. I think Miami can offer a good enough package that gets everyone what they want. And so I do kind yeah. of expect that to happen. I will say it's worth noting that they have the option to bring Jeremy Grant back if they want to, but he is already being linked to other teams. He's going to command a lot of money. So that's a big decision that Portland would have to make and a lot of money that they would have to commit. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, it's a big decision in terms of which direction you want to go, not just do we run it back or do we not? Because if you do, keep Dame and don't trade him, then you probably will have to go re-sign and commit all that money to Jeremy Grant. And so there's that layer to it as well. 
um, and realistically, you know, where do you think that that group could get you? I, I, I like the idea of keeping Dame and Scoot and bringing back Jeremy and seeing what you can go get maybe at the trade deadline or in free agency, depending on things, how things go with Anthony Simons. Cause I do think you could go out and maybe get someone. We just saw what timing did for Boston acquiring Kristaps Porzingis before the Marcus Smart got announced. Uh, We saw what that was going to be. And so sometimes you can go out and get someone that's a bit of an experimental fit or something worth swinging on. Um, And Anthony Simons is no joke. That kid, I mean, he can play. So um, I think Portland, I don't want to say they have zero options, but right now I would expect them to move on from Dame. My favorite uh, trade for Portland is to do DeAndre Ayton for Nurkic and Simons. That's that's my mm. favorite. Like that, I feel like that's that's a good trade because Ayton is young. So if you do, mm-hmm. do decide to move off of Dame in a couple of mm-hmm. seasons, maybe next season, whatever. Now you have Scoot and Aiton and Sharp, and those are the guys that you can build around, yeah. right? And you have Grant as your massive contract that you can, in a couple of years, you can trade away. Yeah. But Nurkic is getting older. Simons is like the young piece there that can maybe entice Phoenix. And yeah. Phoenix also needs to do it to the point where like Aiton needs to be multiple guys. If they yeah. trade Aiton, they need to get depth that makes sense around Aiton. Right. Um, so like getting Simons who can be that fifth guy in your starting lineup and Nurkic who can maybe, maybe be a center for you. I, I really like that trade for both sides, Yeah, but I don't know who says yes or no on that. So what do you think? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because, um, I don't know where to pinpoint Aiton right now before mm-hmm. the draft, there was buzz that he might be able to get traded without any draft compensation. Yeah. Uh, because for a while it was like, Dallas, are you going to pull the trigger and include 10 to go get Aiton? And there was so much debate. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we may not even have to include the 10th and you can just go get them with guys like Phoenix needs, like you mentioned. And so personally, because of how high I am on Anthony Simons, I don't necessarily, like, I, I kind of feel like that would be a bit of an overpay on Portland's spot or from where Portland is. But at the same time, we just saw what happened with with Jordan Poole. So it, it, that's not how it works. A lot of times it's, what do you need? And I really am intrigued by the Aiton fit in Portland because we're talking about the, the log jam at guard that they're kind of looking at really with or without Dame, which might sound mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but they just committed all this money to Nurkic, which the second they did that, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, and so if you can go out and get someone who's young, has room to grow and also can compete now, at a low price, there are not many of those guys, and Aiton is. And so I really like Portland going after that. And you do that, you bring back Jeremy Grant. I think that does open some things up for them, um, especially I think it kind of kicks the can down the road if they need to decide yeah. if they want to move on from Dame. And then you're also in a position where you could then move on from Jeremy Grant if you had to, and then you have this core. So I think Aiton to Portland is definitely something to keep your eye on. Hopefully I'm right on this. I'm kind of, I I like it. I really like it. I think it's sneaky. We'll see. We'll see. I've actually been trying to get eight into Portland for a while now. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't even, wasn't even working for SDPN the first time I suggested (laughs) that idea. That's how long it's been since I've I've been trying to get Portland to to go for eight. And so anyways, um, okay, look, that is the two, three conversation slash Dame conversation. Uh, any other kind of tidbits, notes from the draft that you want to mention? Oh, actually, 
we should probably talk about the teams that we cover. That that probably let's, makes let's a lot of sense. Let's talk about them, yes. Okay, Dallas. Oof. A lot of shaking and baking here. You guys now have Rashawn Holmes. You have Derek mm-hmm. Lively. Um, am I missing anybody? I feel like you guys drafted another player. You are. When we dealt the when we sent the trade exception or absorbed um right, right we also right. got the 24th pick in the draft which belonged to sacramento oh yeah t- you you drafted my canadian boy yeah O-Max. we did yeah. yes we are very excited to have omax uh i think bringing in him nice. and bringing in lively is exactly i mean dallas has been talking about since since draft night, which obviously was only last night, Nico Harrison has had several quotes saying that they felt like they crushed the draft and that they got guys that are not only obviously young and intriguing, but are ready to contribute now. And and he feels that they will be given the opportunity to do yeah. so. So I'm very excited because Dallas added size and they added defense, which is something that they have not had. And that's been by far their biggest weakness. So to be able to get lively while also moving off of Bertans, that already was a solid move. Um, But then to go ahead and and add Omax as well and get even Rashawn Holmes, who even though he fell out of the rotation in Sacramento, um, I think having Dwight Powell as a free agent and and having, you know, this money supposedly going or not supposedly going to Rashawn Holmes, you have the opportunity to bring back Dwight Powell and just have more depth in the front court, which is something, again, that they haven't really had in the past. And so I'm excited for this group. I think they have they're at a really good starting point. Um, And with how they juggled their moves on draft night, they now do have a lot of money they have MLE money to go out and 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 work with. And so right. right now, assuming they give Kyrie the full max, everything, they'll have a little bit less than the full MLE. But if for some reason they can get him to take closer to 40, which I don't foresee happening, they'll have the full MLE or they can go out, make some trades, clear a little bit of money with JaVel McGee or some of these other guys, and then have the full MLE to go after someone who they wouldn't have had a shot at in the first place. So I feel like everything that they did in the draft – was a move for now it was a move for the future i really really was pleased with what they were able to pull off omax is a guy that his stock was rising a lot uh during the trap draft process a lot of people were high on him obviously he's a canadian so we follow that a little bit more Mm -hmm. um but but from what i read and from what i've seen like he he was rising up the the rankings if you will so you guys being able to grab him in the 20s that's huge and yeah. then Lively, Lively, I feel like was always going to be the guy for you guys at 10 or 12, <sighs> you know, Thank God. Um, it, it seemed like it made so much sense uh, from a fit perspective. You guys obviously needed a big, maybe he can be a contributor right away. Like you mentioned, um, I like it. I really, really yeah. like what the Mavs did. And I mean, y- you know, you guys are going to resign Kyrie. I think that is, I think so too. Uh, that seems like it's going to be evident, especially with how things are shaking out with Los Angeles and the Clippers and what whatnot. I I really do think that Kyrie ends up resigning there. So mm-hmm. now it's it's how are you going to move around the margins, right? You, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, the MLE. Who who's that guy you're going to target? Do you feel like you have a favorite there for for who they might I grab? I do. I do. I want to see them go for Harrison Barnes. I don't know that they can get him at that dollar amount. I, I think reuni- he could- reuniting. Yeah, I think that Sacramento, you and I have talked about this off air a little bit. I think that they're potentially moving in a a different direction. I don't think that they're totally closed off from moving Harrison Barnes, but I think he's out there for the taking. Um, And so I think he could get a little bit more money to stay there or even go somewhere else. 
or he could come here and be an upgrade for us, come back to Dallas where he did a lot of great work for the community. He love, I mean, he likes Dallas from as, from what I have heard. Mm -hmm. Um, and he would be a good get for us, a good veteran presence. Uh, I think he's kind of the one that I can see them going for, especially when you're looking at them not really giving up anyone. I mean, from the few defensive guys that they have, they now find themselves with Maxi, Josh Green, Reggie Bullock, Omax, right. I mean, more guys than they, even Lively, more guys than they've had to establish a defensive identity. So to go out and get someone who you can defer to a little bit, but also not necessarily expect a ton out of them, I think mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. But I, I, like fully ex I fully expect them to go out and get crafty and try to come up with a way to get that full MLE money, um, whether it be dealing Davis for, or excuse me, uh, JaVel McGee, um, even Tim Hardaway Jr. Potentially, I would put that as less likely, but I think that they have moves to make and they're they're not done. They've made that very clear. Yeah, I I, I, I like it. I mean, very, very successful draft for the Dallas Mavericks uh, for the for the Raptors. I think also the same. Uh, mm -hmm. I think. A lot of people, I mean, in February, there were some draft people on Raptors Twitter who were like, we need Grady Dick. We need Grady Dick. We need Grady Dick. We need Grady Dick. It's weird <laughs> that I'm saying it this many times, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But, I love it. Um, yes, Grady Dick is a Toronto Raptor at number 13. He is the guy that a lot of Raptors fans have been clamoring over but didn't think would be available at 13. But the way the draft shook out, uh, it seemed more and more likely. I think especially with Orlando taking Jet Howard, uh, it really opened up the doors for the Raptors to take Grady. I would imagine that if Grady was taken beforehand, Kobe Bufkin would be a Toronto Raptor. Wow. Uh, that's not what happened, though. And, you know, we'll never know if that was the actual case, if that was going to be the case. But Grady is a guy who fits perfectly. I think, you know, I'm making a video about it right now, but what he brings is something that the Raptors can use on day one, which is a guy who can be a floor spacer for you, a guy who can be a connective passer for you. He should be a seamless fit next to Scotty Barnes. And that works well, whether they decide to keep this roster intact and run it back and do the same thing next season, um, or if they decide to retool and they want to build around Scotty Barnes at any point in time, they have a guy like Grady Dick who makes so much sense around Scotty. Um, a lot of people have brought up like Duncan Robinson as a comparison. And like, okay, I can see <laughs> what you're saying because he's a good dribble handoff hub. He's a great shooter. Mm -hmm. But I think there's way more that Grady can provide offensively than what Duncan Robinson initially provided offensively. Duncan Robinson was flat out just a spot-up, catch-and-shoot type player. He did some of the dribble handoff stuff with Bam. But Grady can can do some stuff connectively as a passer. He's a pretty decent defender. I think he's a way better defender than what Duncan Robinson was to start out his career. Yeah. Um, and I think just overall, considering that, he looks to me more like a 6'8 Clay Thompson than a... 6'8 Duncan Robinson because he can do a little bit more for you. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to go out and be clay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right. I'm I'm more. just saying that like, you know, he he tangibly can do way more for you on the ball uh as a creator, as a guy who can create for others. Um so yeah, I love that aspect of his game. And yeah, I'll have a video about that later, but I think he was the pick that made sense whether they go in one direction or the other. And who knows, man. I think 
there's been so many rumors around the Raptors and what they'll do. Will the Hawks trade for Siakam, et cetera, et cetera? Maybe they do. Maybe that ends up happening. The Raptors are under some financial restraints that make sense for them to to move and shake things up a little bit. Maybe Fred Van Vliet decides to walk. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. regardless, Grady was a good pick. So Yeah, I think he was too. And I, I think that people are going to see a different, maybe maybe more so non-Raptors people that have been like looking at him in that spot as a potential pick, but people that didn't know where he was going to go, maybe aren't too familiar with him when he is in Toronto. I think that they're going to see more and, and see what he can do. And, and kind of goes back to your comparison more so than a Duncan Robinson. I do think that his, his athleticism, he's a little bit more athletic than I think some people might give him credit for. Uh, and so I think having the flexibility to play with a young team surrounded by so many versatile players is going to be really good for his game. Uh, and I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised by some of the plays that he can make and some of the things that he ends up doing uh, beyond just, you know, the shooting, the obvious shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And and look, the Raptors still have a long off season. Uh there I mean, like I mentioned, the free agency stuff between Fred and Jacob. There's still gonna be Pascal Siakam trade rumors that happen. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, there's still gonna be a lot more trade rumors that happen um over this next week. We are entering free agency time now. The draft is over, summer league is in two weeks, free agency is in a week, so we are dead in the heap of free agency time. The NBA season, you know, the twelve year season that we talk about is almost over. There's like three or four weeks left of pandemonium of craziness of checking your phone consistently to see if Woj or Shams or Chris Haynes or Jake Fisher dropped any type of news. Um, And then it's done for about a month. I think August is dead. I think September, it starts to get a little bit more crazy. And then, you know, we start off with a new season excitement in the air. Lauren, anything you want to head out mention before we head out? No, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for free agency. It's it's going to be a good one. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I, it'll be good. It'll be good. Okay, cool. Tap in, ladies and gentlemen, on the Objective Basketball Podcast. As always, uh, we've got some great stuff coming. Lauren will be here. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Lauren <laughs> will be here. I, I, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm putting my foot down. She will be here. She'll be here. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll also be live. Uh, I, w- I will at least be. If you want to tag along, come hang out. Uh, I will be live at Summer League in two weeks. So, you know, we will definitely be doing a podcast there or two. And uh, we'll, we'll react to some of the craziness that happens there. Summer League is also a wild time because, you know, Wemby, you see all the rookies for the first time. But it's also like in the heap of free agency and transaction moves. So, you know, you're there and you're looking at woes. You're looking at shams. They're looking at their phone and they're thinking of, it's it's a crazy time, ladies and gentlemen. So. Thank you very much for tapping into the Objective Basketball Podcast. As always, do the like, the subscribing, the things that you guys always do to help support this thing. Uh, And we will see you guys later. Take care. Follow hosts at Just S. Barahini on all socials and at The Lauren Gun on Twitter. The Objective Basketball Podcast. Delivering the NBA to you like no other.